You are now listening to Discover Your Potential with renowned radio talk show host and certified holistic practitioner, Cindy Gilman. So listen, participate, be inspired. Know that you can discover your potential. Here she is, Cindy Gilman. Well, hi there. This is Cindy Gilman, and it's time to discover your potential. Doug, how you doing? Today has been Today. most beautiful. Thank you for asking, Cindy. I love you. I love you. You're a true I wanna, beauty. Um, you know, it's really funny. I I was going through some of my things. You know how I read something inspirational at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I found this poem, which I think you'll get a kick out of, um, being our HD professional and producing this program. It's actually a poem by Mother Shipton, and it starts out, it's the second part that I think you'll get a kick on. Carriages without horses shall go, and accidents fill the world with woe. Around the thought, the world, thoughts shall fly in the twinkling of an eye. Let me repeat that. Around the world, thoughts shall fly in the twinkling of an eye. And isn't that the truth with computers? And You know, that's so very beautifully said. And you know, yes. Mother Shipton was born in 1488. Really? And she wrote this probably around the early 1500s. Well, that, you know, that... You you read you something like that, you know that the writer had a great mind. It, uh, she certainly was precognitive. I mean, just to say those things that will yeah. happen in the future. I mean, from the early 1500s, and she talks about in the air men shall be seen in white and black and in green, which is camouflage uniforms. So I thought you'd find that very interesting. And that was more than interesting. And you have an interesting mind, Cindy. You really do. And you have the most soothing voice. So for all our listeners who want to be a part of this conversation, and if you personally want to hear our producer, Doug's wonderful, soothing melodious voice, dial 888-627-6008. That's 888-627-6008. I I know it's a funny time right now, but I first of all, I want to... Um, I want to say congratulations to all the graduates, high school and college. I know you've made a lot of compromises because you couldn't have a full graduation with the people you wanted, and especially with uh, the social distancing. So congratulations. I want to also say a big hug and hi 
to my grandson, Michael, and his brother, Ben. And I hope your mom enjoyed her birthday yesterday. I hope everybody who is celebrating a birthday, congrats go out to you as well. So, hope everybody's wearing their masks and gloves and playing by the rules. Actually, this is an absolutely scrumptious Sunday here in New England. And I want to thank you listeners for sharing part of your day with me. I feel blessed. I feel blessed that you are a part of my life. I know you're listening from all over the world. Yes, we're living in a time of change, which sometimes can feel uneasy until the tides turn. But I'm very hopeful. I'm very hopeful that things will change for the better. But many people who are feeling this on an intuitive level ask me, why am I feeling so antsy? Why am I nervous? As you know, I'm a spiritual medium and energy practitioner. So often, I feel things before they happen, especially if it's something that will negatively impact hundreds or thousands of people. I go into what I refer to as a spiritual attack, and I feel it in my body and mind. I feel it in the solar plexus, and that's an area between your belly and your chest. And it feels like a bunch of jumping beans jumping around. But I go to my spiritual highest source and I ask to open myself up to healing. And I send out healing energy to go wherever it is needed. I also like to use the color orange, which dissipates and neutralizes any negative energy, and then surround myself in the Creator's pure white light, and then gold light surrounding that. And you can try it. First of all, don't do this while you're driving your car. Please do not do this while you're driving your car. So close your eyes, open up that area at the top of your head we call the crown chakra, and picture, if you will, a smooth, soft circle of orange light. Take in a slow, deep breath and a huge exhale, and allow that orange light to flow through your entire being, down through the top of your head. Yes, your neck, your arms, your chest, the trunk of your body, your midsection, down to your legs, and allow whatever negative energy you have felt to go right to the soles of your feet 
into the earth. I also want to remind you, for those of you uh, who are clients or even potential clients, that from now on, all of my private sessions will be done by phone. For your safety and mine, you can go to cindygilman.com for instructions to book an appointment. I want to remind you that if you go to WD, as in discover, Y, your potential, P, so it's to WDYP, talkradio.com. Not only can you hear the podcasts of former programs, but there is a complimentary guided image for relaxation. Please don't do this while you drive. (laughs) So enjoy. But remember, no driving while you do the meditation because you'll have your eyes closed, and it's not a good choice to drive with your eyes closed. And with the many requests I've received, I will be recording another guided imagery. So today, the word, words, two words for the day are hopeful and contentment. I believe that you will find today's program not only informative, but enlightening and helpful. I talked with our guest this week, and I know she has much to contribute to the world. So let me just read a very brief inspirational passage before I introduce her. It's called The Past is Past, but Tomorrow Will Last Forever. Our lives have so many backward glances in them, don't they? Thinking back to how many things were and how things might have been. There's nothing wrong with thinking back, but it's probably a mistake to dwell on the past. The what-ifs. Instead, we should concentrate on today, on tomorrow, and on the tomorrows yet to be. There are lots of beautiful days yet to come. The past has passed, but tomorrow, tomorrow will last forever. And I'll never stop hoping that each tomorrow will fill your heart with love and laughter. Your days with dreams come true, and your life with so much happiness to look forward to. And that is the spiritual or inspirational passage for today. My guest today is a wonderful woman a survivor of childhood abuse herself. Dr. Rita Louise has emerged as a gifted empath and talented clairvoyant medical intuitive. She's a naturopathic physician and founder 
of the Institute of Applied Energetics that trains students in the art of medical intuition, intuitive counseling, and energy medicine. She's authored several books, several feature-length and short films, and Dr. Rita has appeared on radio, television, and in films, and has lectured on health and healing. So without further ado, welcome Dr. Rita Louise. Thanks for having me on, Cindy. I'm so looking forward to our conversation today. Me too. And I won't call you ma'am or anything. (laughs) You just did. No, I we had we you, had a little running joke because Rita is is from down south and uh, she's gotten used to calling women ma'am and I said you've ma'amed me. <laughs> <laughs> you um, you have first of all I I I'm saddened by the fact that you went through so much abuse, but. I'm thrilled to fear, feel, to call yourself a survivor and what you have done since then is just miraculous. It's amazing. So, Thank you. You know, sometimes when people go through abuse, they don't share it with the world. It's, it's embarrassing. One of the most difficult parts is going any type of abuse, physical abuse, uh, mental abuse, sexual abuse. Um, And the the biggest emotion that they deal with is shame. And you have survived this and gone on to write a new book, which we will talk about, but... Are you comfortable discussing the early part of your life? I don't have a problem. You know, one of the things that I found interesting in my journey to healing was once you addressed what happened Mm -hmm. and said, well, you know, what I'm feeling, that embarrassment, the I don't really want to talk about it, you know, and recognize it that that's shame, it was freeing, you know, being able to say, well, this is what happened to me because people that are survivors of abuse or trauma, they tend to take that information because it's a secret and they don't want to tell anyone and they shove it somewhere in their psyche never to see the light of day and it takes a lot of energy to hold on to it and it never can heal because it's locked away in a closet. I'm sorry? I said because it's locked away in a closet. Yes, and and holding on to that can can result in so many problems in their lives. Mm-hmm. Whether the, you know, it's physical illness or problems with relationships. But you've done so much work on yourself, and I applaud you for that. Thank you. I think people that grow up with trauma in their lives, you know, emerge from it one or two ways. They emerge as the consummate victim, 
you know, and might suffer from depression or just kind of can't get out of their own way, or they look to move past it, and, you know, your poem, you know, about not dwelling on the past, you know, the other group, it's like, okay, that's what happened to me, I'm moving on, and I'm going to overcome. Do you want to get into what did happen to you? I mean, I will touch on it briefly. You just ask, and I'll just share what I feel comfortable with. How's that? I think many people who are listening may have also experienced this. And Mm -hmm. if you are specific about what happened to you, it may be helpful to others. Okay. So um, (laughs) how many hours do we have? No. Um, so I come from a very large family. I was the third child in the family. And as my mother would say to me repeatedly, I was the thorn in her side. I guess I was a little rebel even as a child. And, you know, my earliest memories of her was her beating me and being very mean and being very cruel, um, not really taking care of us. I mean, you know, we had clothes. We were always clean. Our hair was always done, mm-hmm. you know. But as an example, we always had, I mean, I'm half Puerto Rican and half Jewish, so our family has, like, thick, wavy hair. Mm-hmm. And um, she would comb or brush our hair and then comb it with a rat tail comb, which have very tight little Bristle. Uh, teeth on it. Right. And, you know, if you have thick, wavy hair, a rat-tail comb is just not very fun to try to get through your hair. And so it was like every day she would torture you with combing your hair. Um, You know, and finally, when I was in first grade, they cut my hair short, and it was like, yay! Uh, (laughs) I love the fact that your sister, because you comment on this at the at the beginning of your book, your sister jokes about it, saying that your family put the fun, F-U-N, in dysfunctional. Dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does Do want credit Do you remember how that. old you were when she started beating you? Um, maybe two or three. Oh. Very, very little. Very little. Um You know, and so that went on until I was about 10. We lived in New York City. Our family moved upstate. Um, And that part, the physical part, stopped. And so I thought, okay, well, this is better. You know, Mm -hmm. but the verbal abuse, the emotional abuse really never ended. And, you know, living in the house was just like being in a powder keg. And we really didn't have a life. If you wanted to participate in a school activity, you know, either you got yourself there yourself, you know, or sports, um, and you got yourself back home because they, you know, I, I played basketball, I played softball, I was on the track team, and they never came to one thing. You know, so I was with a band, her, you they never came to one thing. Run as fast as you could on the track team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I shouldn't say that. May her soul rest in peace. And you know, and it wasn't just me. You know, it was all of my brothers and sisters. I did find out. I mean, being third, 
You know, mm-hmm. I figured that it would be a different experience for my younger brothers and sisters. Um, and so even though they didn't experience the physical abuse, um, they definitely were affected by the mental abuse, the emotional abuse, and the neglect, the emotional neglect. Right. The emotional neglect. So, I mean, did your siblings kind of protect each other? Um Sometimes. Yeah, but then, you know, we go after one another. Uh-huh. You know, and, you know, so it was just a always dynamic situation. But even to this day, you know, if someone shouts out, you know, I have this thing going on, we really do still circle the wagons, even though we might talk about each other behind their backs. So, I mean, they do that. I'm just like, I'm not participating in that anymore. But, I'm, I didn't catch the last part. Um, I said, you know, the family will circle the wagons, right. but, you know, so, um, but then in the same breath, they'll talk about each other behind mm-hmm. their backs, and it's just like, okay, you know, <laughs> I'm not participating in that anymore. Right. I'm out. I'm not playing. I'm not mm-hmm. playing this game. No. So, you know, so you by did. the time I was 17, I moved out of the house. By the time I was 19, I, well, I went to school in New York. I went to, moved out to, to go to college. And then when I was 19, with $125 in my pocket and an airplane ticket, I moved to California, and I didn't know anybody. I just had my stuff and mm. never went back. Well, now what kind of work did you do then? I was in school and went to a trade school when I was moved first first moved there and got a uh, drafting certificate mm-hmm. and then the remaining years in school I would work thirty hours a week and go to school full time till I graduated and then I worked as in in engineering services, doing drafting, configuration management, writing documents, you know, procedural documents, stuff like that. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So doesn't everybody? <laughs> I well, you know, part of this program, or I shouldn't say part of it, it the concept of discovery or potential was mm-hmm. to show how people maybe either in a vocation or a relationship or a location where they lived and somehow the universe or our inner selves or the creator manages to find find us where we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, I think I have lived my whole life listening to spirit, you know, as far as this is the next step you need to take. And, mm-hmm. you know, you need to stay in school. You have to get the degree. You know, you need to do this. You need to do that. But in the same breath, and it's really interesting, it's like in certain areas of my life, I was very good at listening to the direction. And then in from other spirit. areas of my life, from spirit, oh, I knew it was from spirit. And then in other areas of my life, not so much. And so was it a would, spiritual guide? Was it? Um, 
I mean, at this point in time, mm-hmm. that's what I would say. Or, you know, the, it would just come into me um, kind of channeled. You know, I, I don't really consider myself a channel, but, you know, I can recognize if it's a guide talking to me versus I'm receiving it via my seventh chakra. Uh-huh. Which I consider kind of channeled. You know, it's like I just know. There's just a knowingness. This is what you need to do. And there's not, a, you know, there's not choices. It's like this is what you need to do. You know, but... So do you think it's coming through to you telepathically? It's coming through to me loud and clear. That's, uh, I'll share a story. This is, like, much later, um, you know, and, you know, part of my journey, and people look at me like, right. I used to be really shy, and I, I wouldn't talk, mm-hmm. you know, and I would just kind of hang out. And once I got to know someone real well, right. I would open up and communicate. Not now. Now you kind of can't shut me up. And... Uh, You know, and I had already written a couple of books and was starting to do interviews, and a friend of mine was bugging me to to do a radio show. Well, you have a great voice. And I'm like, that's not happening. And then one day, and I swear to God, Cindy, this was in October, I got Mm -hmm. this message that said, it's time. And I was like, okay, time for what? (laughs) (laughs) And it said, time to do a radio show. And I was like, okay. And then I got this download about what the show was supposed to be about, and you need Mm -hmm. to have, like, a web page up by this date. I mean, they can be very specific with me with very fast timetables. And it was just like... (laughs) So they gave you homework. They always give me homework. Uh. <laughs> do you ever and, get um, do you ever get messages that you have to deliver to people that are either uncomfortable for you to deliver or are embarrassing? Um, so I, I mean, obviously, you know, with the work that I do, I have a lot of spiritual, psychic friends, and I've had right. several friends that they would be in a restaurant and be like, I have a message for you. I don't do that. And I don't really get those kind of messages, but mm-hmm. when I work with clients, I obviously get those kind of messages all the time, and, right. um, you know, I am from New York, and so it, it <laughs> tends to come out pretty straightforward and blunt. Uh, right. Well, you humor. know, the, the thing that those of us who work with people on a psychic level or as a medium. Um, It's not up to us to try to interpret it. Just pass on the message. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to do it in a tactful way. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Here comes the New York. Well, I've learned, you know, sometimes... They say, you know, I'm getting messages that are, could be interpreted as being a bit cruel because they are just straightforward. Just, Mm. here, let's just take the candy coating off and this is the message. And I just prepare my clients. It's like, you know, all right, I'm going to say something that's really blunt, but this is the message and I'm just going to communicate it. And 
what I find is interesting is that most of the people that I work with, and this is even new clients, they're like, no, I'd rather you be straightforward than, you know, just kind of beat around the bush right. so you don't hurt my feelings. Yeah, for a long time. They always time. hear it. For a long know? time, I, you know, I, I would I would say to, a, you know, to a client, don't blame me, I'm the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've said something similar to that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing we can talk about on the air. Um, you know, and it's just a very interesting, you know, experience being that person or, you know, that's delivering that message. Right. You know, but I feel like when you just communicate it, as clear as possible and as straight as possible, that's the message that they need to hear versus I'm taking it and interpreting it because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh Right. But sometimes... Either that or my guys are just, you know, blunt as... Sometimes they will understand what the message is. We may not. It may be very pertinent to them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, for me, it's like, uh, what is this? And it's not for me to say, because as soon as I get it out of my mouth, um, I, and and they, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, very much so. I mean, I don't work with dead people, so I definitely am not a medium. Um Well, I don't don't call them dead people. Well, I call them Um, dead people in a very loving and joking way. Because the soul is eternal, and I I refer to (laughs) people who have passed on or, um, you know, transitioned or passed Mm -hmm. It It just, the soul is eternal. The soul is eternal. And as Deepak Chopra says, we are spiritual beings living in a physical world. Mm-hmm. And we exactly. wear this suit, this body, while we're in the physical world. So, you know, everybody, I guess, is comfortable with whichever term um, As a naturopath, I mean, you must be getting all kinds of uh, phone calls about this virus. Have when you been the virus, um, when the virus hit, I, I mm-hmm. thought I would be inundated with calls about it. Right. And not, not too many. Really? Not. I have a couple of clients that um, are kind of my worry clients. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they they are often fearful of getting sick. Right. Um, and so I got calls from them. Mm-hmm. And after that, no. And I was really surprised. But no, not so at in all. Your, in your naturopathic work, do you suggest certain supplements to help them boost their immune system or... Yes, very much so. Um, I feel like I, I'm the deliverer 
deliverer of. Don't forget your olive leaf extract. Take your olive leaf extract. Mm-hmm. See, I'm an oregano oil kind of gal. You know, it's like, uh-huh. oh, you know, oh, but you have olive leaf extract. Just as good. Take that. You know, I mean, that's one of the things. So in the degree that I got, you could take, like, little subset minors within mm-hmm. it. And uh, so one of the tracks that I took was herbology. Uh-huh. So, and so... Um, you know, so there are different supplements that will give you the same kind of actions like oregano oil or olive leaf extract or golden seal and echinacea. It's like, get some echinacea too. (laughs) And actually, um, you know, this whole thing broke loose. I was actually shocked. This whole thing uh, broke open. Well, here's the story. Broke open and I... I had oregano oil, but I wanted to get some echinacea and something else. And I don't, I don't remember colloidal what it was silver? on top of my head. I'm not a big colloidal silver person, personally. No. Um, I mean, I have a pretty well-stocked herb cabinet. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's myself and my boyfriend. He, you know, I just stick stuff in front of him and he just takes it. So I have to make sure there's enough for two. And I wanted to make sure, you know, I'm thinking, you know, a two-week supply Right. I didn't have enough, and I went to, all right, I live in Podunk, nowhere, and I'm like, well, I'll just go to Walmart, and they were cleaned out. Yep, yep. Cleaned out, and so fortunately, because of my background, there was this, like, uh, immune defense combination thing. Oh, what's that? Actually, I'm near the bottle, so I'm going to uh-huh. travel. We're going to travel because, you know, I could tell you exactly what the bottle looked like, but I could never tell you what the name of it was. Mm. Uh, it was called Wellness Formula. And it was I'm an sorry. immune support. It's wellness called what? Wellness Formula. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I was looking at the bottle, and it was actually, and they have this at Walmart, just FYI. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it had, like, vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, selenium, copper. But then it also had echinacea, immune strength, elderberry, mm-hmm. immune. Uh, what else was in here? Olive leaf extract. Yeah. And, you know, and so I was looking at it, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't have to get all these other little things I was going to get. I'll just get a couple of bottles of this. and Right, that's, that's all wrapped it. up in one. But there was a ton of these, but I think people didn't really know, you know, they know their one thing. Like, I'm going to get echinacea. I'm like, hey, this is, this is good. I'll get this. Well, let's repeat it for everybody so people who are listening. Um, it's called... All right, hang on. i got to put my glasses. Okay, so it's made by Source Naturals. Source Natural, that's S-O-U-R-C-E. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing is called Wellness Formula. Wellness Formula. So can yeah. they get that at a natural food store or Whole Foods? or? You know, it gets kind of challenging because different stores stock different product lines, different brands. Right. Um, I would assume they could get it on Amazon. I found this at Walmart. Um, okay, let's give a let's uh give a little 
promotion for Walmart. Well, you know, that's if you can navigate, if you're an empath, and you can actually navigate <laughs> Walmart to go and buy it, which is always challenging for me. But sometimes you get desperate, and it's like, well, I'll go to Walmart. And actually, I had gone to, like, CVS or Walgreens. I mean, I don't live in a very big town. so. But do the they have is- a lot of herbal products at the pharmacies? Not too many, but it meant right. I didn't have to go to Walmart. <laughs> and where you know, and I literally and really was looking and... to get some echinacea, which I know that mm-hmm. they carry because it's pretty basic. You know, right. and I was just looking for some very basic things, but they were all clean. Everybody was cleaned out. I'm like, wow. So when you I travel, actually, you have a just-in-case case? I was impressed because I... You know, the nearest health food store is 25 miles away. Whoa. You know, so it's like, wow. It's a day trip. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. So when you travel, do you have a just-in-case case case where you pack your Um, herbs? I usually take, you know, certain things with me as just-in-case, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's the stuff I take every day. You know, and I I always take some kind of an immune booster every day anyway, just because I can. So let me shift a bit. When did you make the transition from doing the technical work that you were doing to immersing yourself into spiritual work, naturopathic work, So I started reading metaphysical books, even though there weren't a whole lot available, um, when I was 12 and 13. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of my life. And so um, in the very late 80s, I found the Berkeley Psychic Institute and joined Mm -hmm. their uh, clairvoyant program and studied with them for two years. Um, But I already had this whole giant battery of information because I had been reading, you should see my library, metaphysical books for years. Um, You know, self-growth. Who is one of your favorite writers? Uh, Because I know there are several books about Edgar Cayce and the work that he did, but he never wrote a book. These are all books written about him. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite books that I recommend to a lot of people is called Living with Joy. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Sonia Roman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it actually is a channeled book, and um, it helps to open the heart. Ah. Uh. You know, and it's just these little paragraphs, like there's a a heading and then a little reading that goes with it. You know, so you can read the book straightforward, you know, just cover to cover and get a lot of benefit. But it's also Mm -hmm. one of those kind of books that you can just pick up and open it up to a page and it has your message in it. That's one of the things I love about that. Oh, I love doing that. And it's a, just a very healing energy and a very grounded energy. Mm-hmm. And you always 
close the book feeling better, feeling in a higher vibration, feeling more grounded, feeling more loved. Right, and that's something, I mean, feeling more grounded, feeling more love, feeling hope. This is something right now that I think everybody needs. Being grounded right now is is really challenging. Um, so if I say chakras, or you, your listeners understand that term? Well, for those who don't, you can define it. Okay. So chakras are the energy centers in the body, and there are seven that run up and down your spine. And earlier you were talking about the solar plexus chakra, the third chakra. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the first chakra, which is at the base of the spine. So the first chakra, chakra, the root chakra, is where we ground into the earth. And when we're grounded, we feel comfortable and we feel relaxed and we don't have a lot of anxiety. But the first chakra also houses the emotion of fear. And so when we're scared, like, oh, my God, I might get the coronavirus, um, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of like a turtle. You know, we pull our our grounding cord in and we, we brace for impact. What that does is it just leaves this fear floating around inside of us because it doesn't have anywhere to go. And so when there's a lot of stuff going on on the planet, it's just really helpful to just, you know, even five minutes a day or two minutes a day to just close your eyes and just breathe and allow your body to just let go. Now... You, of course, feel, as I do, that there are certain colors that vibrate to certain chakras. Mm -hmm. And the root chakra, I connect with the color red. I mean, I do too. Um, One of the things that I like to have some of my clients work with, if they really are having grounding issues, is to perhaps work with a crystal as well. Um, okay, you know, and so what do you have them do with the crystal? Put it in their pocket. You know, I like fidget stones, you know, so if they're feeling anxious, mm-hmm. you know, and they're kind of fidgeting around, take the rock out of your stone, or take the stone out of your pocket and fidget it because it will just help the body ground. Right. Um, and so in that light, red stones are associated with the first chakra, so like ruby or jasper, Mm -hmm. uh, but also black stones like obsidian or hematite, which is kind of silvery. Um, Mm -hmm. My personal favorite is a stone called jet, J-E-T, and it is petrified coal. So it obviously isn't like old and under pressure to make a diamond, but it makes a stone. I don't really know how they get jet. But anyway, but one of the things that I like about it is that it kind of has the energy of like activated charcoal that Mm. it absorbs. You know, so it doesn't pull energy from you. It kind of gives you more it it just kind of absorbs, and it's just very gentle and very loving and very healing because it doesn't. It's not like it's 
a hard energy, and that that is one of my favorites mm. for uh, for chakra. Rita, yes, um, I'd like to take a little break, and when we come back for the remainder of the time, I'd like to focus on your new book and give everybody a chance to really hear about what it's what it's about and how it will help them. So, Doug, if you're there, we're going to take a little break. Cindy Gilman is a certified holistic and Reiki and energy practitioner, as well as a spiritual medium. As a spiritual medium and empath, she conducts individual personal consults either by phone or in her office. All sessions are professional and confidential. For a phone consultation or in-office appointment, go to www.cindygilman.com or call 401-885-4115. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, uh, we will not be doing sessions in the office um, for your safety and mine. We will be doing all the sessions by phone. And uh, my guest today is Dr. Rita Louise, who has just written uh, a very interesting book. If you'd like to hop on and talk to her, the number is 888-627-6008. So, Rita, this new book is called The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empaths and Narcissist. Yes, ma'am. Cindy. Oh, you ma'ams me. I did. <laughs> ah! <laughs> yeah, um, keeping the book track. came out. Keeping is... track. Oh, no, I'll, I'll send you some <laughs> quarters to put into the cup. Um. <laughs> so, first of all, how did you come up with that title? Well, one of the things, you know, it was kind of a spirit thing. I mean, I mm-hmm. knew the title needed to say empath and narcissist, you know, and I think I do too much computer work, you know, and so, you know, everything is about word search terms and whatever and so I knew that those words needed to be in the title mm-hmm. you know so the other part is the dysfunctional dance and there is this energetic dynamic energetic slash emotional dynamic that happens between individuals that are empaths and I'm going right. to qualify that a little bit that are wounded empaths uh-huh. and individuals that are narcissists. And so, they do this tay-to-tay with each other, thus the dance. So in this case, I mean, were you thinking about yourself as the empath and someone as a narcissist? Um, before I started writing this book, while I was fairly early in my research, I did a survey on Facebook, and mm-hmm. I did the survey in a group called An Empath. And this group, 
um, were people that self-identified as being empathic. And I asked the question, uh, in your childhood, you know, was it easy breezy or was there a lot of trauma that you experienced? And clearly over 85% of the people that responded, and I had like 1,500 responses, identified that they had varying levels. And some people, you know, some of the quick stories they told, very severe trauma in their lives. And if you think about the concept, the idea of someone that's an empath, it's like they can feel the vibes in a room. They can feel the vibes someone else has. So if Joe over there is in a bad mood, they can feel it. Well, what a great defense mechanism for a child when the alcoholic dad or the abusive mom comes in and you can feel, "Uh uh-oh, they're mad. So one of the feelings that I get from the book, it's for people who have been in dysfunctional relationships or find themselves stuck in those relationships and how do they get out? I mean, how do they, how do they have... And that's for men or women. Men or women. Very much so. Uh, the book is definitely not written for a narcissist. Uh, nor, a nor, someone who is a clear-cut narcissist would probably never pick it up anyway uh, because there's not anything wrong with them because it's always the other person who's at fault. Um, and they're usually are not interested in fixing themselves because then they'd have to look at their own pain. Exactly. Uh, and so it is written, one of the things that I have also found, well, there's, there's two different categories. Either the person has gone through multiple relationships, multiple right. failed relationships, and they don't understand why. So it becomes and a pattern. It becomes a pattern, and so that's one of the big patterns is that, you know, I've been in multiple relationships, and the person that I was in the relationship with was mean, and that was why I left. Or, you know, there were some not happy ever after issues going Mm -hmm. on. Um, And then there are also people that get into relationships, and their partner, male or female, um, is a narcissist, and they choose to and so why why do you think they stay in an unhealthy uh, relationship they have children and they don't want to break up the family right Um, one of the things that happens this has never been my life experience because I've always been very financially Mm -hmm. self-independent but many times the person will manipulate the family environment so that you're a stay-at-home mom and you have no money, which means you have no power, and so you can't escape. Hmm. Um, You know, so sometimes there's the feeling of, you know, well, we're supposed to, you know, honor each other and this is till death do us part. You know, sometimes there's philosophical reasons where, well, I'm supposed to try to make this work out. And if it doesn't work out, I'm a failure. You know, but how do you work it out with a narcissist? You don't I mean, work it, it out with that, a narcissist. That, that's like a losing battle. 
you just take the pain. You just accept the hurt over and over and over again. You know, so, that's one of the things that I state in the book. It's like if this is the situation you're in, you can make the choice. You can stay in the relationship, but you have to make the, take on the understanding that this is what it's going to be, and the pain you've right. experienced before is the pain you're going to experience in the future. And the other choice is, is that you pack up your bags and leave. Now, before we run out of time, how can people get your book? So my book is available at all the different book distributors, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. It's available in paperback as well as Kindle Nook ebook format. If anyone is interested in getting an autographed copy, they can go to my website and learn more about me while they're there. Good. Um, what is, is it's soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com, soulhealer.com. Excellent, excellent. So is it possible to find or create a healthy, happy relationship it after is. you've done your internal homework? It is. Um, there's a woman, Lisa Romano, who talks about dysfunctional families and narcissistic mm-hmm. relationships. And her comment was, and I'll, I, you know, it's one of those ones that you never forget. And she said, you know, it doesn't mean that you won't meet another narcissist in your life. You know, once you do work on yourself and work on healing yourself, the right. big difference is you won't let them stay. Yeah, because the red flags go up. Well, but you also have boundaries, and it's kind of like, well, you just treated me bad, so bye-bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, but then you get you get the person who's with someone who, if something is repeated, like as a child or as an adult, but so many times, you start believing that you're at fault. But, see, that's part of the healing. And the exactly. book isn't about fixing them, it's about, it's about going inside you. and saying, right. well, why am I choosing this? And what's going on inside of me that I keep finding myself in this situation? Right. Why am I really... drawing all these people to me? <laughs> and, and then taking personal, taking responsibility for your part in the relationship. Okay, we have one minute left. Okay. Um, is there something you'd like to relay to our audience? I think if anyone has found themselves in a series of unhappy or toxic relationships, that you can heal and you can experience happiness on the other side. And it Excellent. really is about going inside of you and fixing you know, right. fixing the damage that was ca- caused when you were so young and early on so that you can live a, an authentic life Excellent. from now on. Dr. Rita Louise, thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this program. Uh, on behalf of myself, the producer, our wonderful audience, I hope you'll come back again. We wish you good luck with your book. It's called The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath. 
and narcissist. Thank you, Dr. Rita Louise. Thank you, Cindy. God bless. Have a great rest of your weekend. Okay, thank you. You too. And we'll be back next time on Discover Your Potential. Yeah.